Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Today I am so excited for a conversation with Lise Wouters. She's coming here to us, with us, all the way from the Netherlands. And she's an organizational psychologist and a coach and an author and a mother and so many things. Her work is exciting and really resonates with me deeply. And I just want to welcome you so warmly to the show. Welcome, Lise. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be in your show. Thank you. <laughs> Vitality. It's like the, it's the essence of health. You know, it's that which shines through. And we all know that it's way more than health. And uh, I really am curious about your journey um, into what it, what is it, what are the components that throughout your life led you to this work that you're doing today? Ah, how much time do we have? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Whatever comes to you is going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the most important things, before I was a psychologist, I I was working as a commercial manager and I was leading a team myself, um, uh, around 11 people, and I was really trying to be a good leader for them. And as I was trying to be there for them, uh, I, um, yeah, overlooked myself and uh, ended up uh, in a a severe burnout, uh, which um, uh, took me yeah at least two years to really recover from and um and I think that had a really big impact also on all the work that I did afterwards uh on uh, the research that I've done the book that I've written just to help people take better care of themselves so they can be there also for others yeah and that's the essence of of my belief system for how I live my life and I like you you know came to a, a close to burnout um, and at that point, we're no good to anyone, including ourselves. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But was there, was there, so it sounds like there were a series of events that occurred um, in your career, but you chose this career. Like there was something about it that drew you to it. Was it because you have like an innate ability to help other people or an interest in human behavior or what, what was it that drew you? Yeah. To- when, when I was a, a, a commercial manager at a certain point I had a conversation with somebody who asked me of my next step in my career and and I suddenly realized that I didn't want to move up in the organization anymore because um, the more you move up the less you're actually dealing with the, pe- the people working every day and and I just I, I thought about but then what do I want to do and as I was thinking all the things that I've done in, in my life at that point the things that I enjoyed, the one thing that they had in common with each other, with everything had in common was people. I just loved working with people and, and helping people and guiding people. And, and uh, so I decided to take a small course uh, in psychology, just a, a three-month course. And uh, and I loved it so much that I quit my job, went back to university <laughs> and, uh, and became organizational psychologist. So 
Yeah. And it, I, as you say, it is, of course, a series of events. And and I, I realized also during that time that every person is unique. And, and I think it's so important. Of course, we are all human beings. We all have our, um, we have 99 point something percent DNA in common. Uh, so a lot of mechanisms work in the same way, but at the same time, we're also unique. And what we want and need is is different. We have to find out for ourselves. Yeah, it's true. I love that you say that because there isn't like a one size fits all methodology per se. Uh, some of the work that we're, you were familiar with, you know, talks about our innate sense of needing, of course, air and water and sleep uh, and food uh, and also our sense of belonging. Um, yeah. But then there's just so many nuances inside of, you know, how that comes to be for each individual person, which uh, which is, a, I'm sure, a big a big preoccupation of yours as well. So you've yeah. written two books, right? Yeah. One, one that's in Dutch and the other that is in English. I'm very excited to learn more about these books, why you wrote them, especially the most recent one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, the the most recent one is a result of the first one. I, I I'd never thought I would write a book until somebody asked me to write together. So, um, but after my first book, I realized that there was also one that I wanted to write, something that I wanted to bring. Mm. And, um, I've realized over the years, also from my own experience as a manager, but also working with, I, I train and coach a lot of leaders in companies. And I've realized that I haven't met one leader who didn't want to be a good leader, who didn't want to be good for the people that are in their team. And so the intention is there and, and they're really working hard at it. And sometimes it just really... um goes well and people feel happy and they feel energized and and sometimes for some reason they can't they they can't find a way to lead people in a way that they're happy and and uh, and and performing well so so i realized that i really want to help these leaders uh, be that leader that they want to be and uh, and through my research i found that um a big fundamental cause of people being able to be there for them or not is how safe they feel with themselves and with the people around them so i did a lot of psycho uh, research into psychological safety over the years and um and found this really a, yeah a foundation of people's well-being people's um functioning it's really interesting to talk about psychological safety it's not something that's trending like vulnerability or um, authenticity or, you know, any of these words, psychological safety is a really, really deep subject. And I, and we were talking before the interview about how now more than ever psychological safety has come you know, into question in a huge way. There's this phrase that I heard recently that I love. And, and this woman said, don't forsake yourself when you need yourself the most. And I don't know if you agree, but I feel like every relationship in our lives is a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was younger, I'm, I was raised Catholic and and, uh, and I heard a lot of times you you have to love yourself before you can love others. And, and, and actually, when I was young, I thought that's nonsense I can love other people without loving myself but I realized over the years and through my research that it's really true in order 
for to take care of other people, you really need to start with yourself. And and I, I love how much research there already is into why this is so important and why it's the only way to be there for other people is to first be there for yourself, to create a space for yourself where you are functioning well, you are doing well. And then automatically you start also taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. I, I published an article recently in a, in a scientific magazine from my research where we show that um, taking care of our own basic psychological needs is necessary in order to feel empathy for other people and it just it just shows you need to take care of yourself first yeah and I'm really present to you some of the challenges that people have who are codependent uh, who then care for others as a coping mechanism of avoiding themselves yeah um, and that's kind of an interesting, you know, nuance or twist inside of this equation. And also this trend that we're finding where we have this individualism as a as a collective, like, you know, it, globally, we have this sense, this, this lean towards individualism. And yet we're still meant to be in community and we still need each other. And so I just was wondering if you had anything you could add on those two arms of the topic around you know being being okay or with yourself and dealing with your own psychological state i think it's very interesting individualism because from my research and from my experience if we really when we really take care of ourselves when we are really individualistic when we when we put our own needs first then the science shows and my experience shows that we automatically open up to other people and that we automatically care so I'm very interested. I think it's really interesting to think about, is it really individualism or um, are we trying to keep an image for others? Are we yeah. more thinking, what do I need to be for other people? And how, I mean, for me, it's not really individualism because it's in, if it's individualism, then I wouldn't care so much about what other people think, you know, right. then it's about just about me and and so it's almost like it's impossible to be a human and to be completely individualistic. It's like not it's not our nature is what I'm it's kind of what I'm hearing you say, even though that's not what you're saying. I'm just that's what I'm hearing at least. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm sure that if we um would stop caring so much about what other people think, but be more close to ourselves and be the person that we want to be, that we want to see in the mirror, then we automatically start taking care of other people and start um, connecting to other people. But it's, I mean, connecting to yourself means automatically starting to connect also with other people. For sure. I mean, gosh, if I don't have time for myself uh, when I'm serving my children or, you know, serving my partner or serving my clients, like, you know, I'm a completely different person than if I take the time for myself. I just know that about me. But I have to say that my client, I I, te- I coach a lot of doctors uh, who are really high level, and they uh, they they don't have any time, right? And and the, this lack of time that they have for themselves is really what causes them to sabotage. It's something I've noticed. It's it's yeah, maybe it's about commitment, but I, I I at the end of the day, I really feel that it's about not having enough time to just collect their energy, just to tune in, just to kind of sort out the thoughts and the feelings that are in the space. Yeah, and I I wonder though if it's really just about time or about wanting to make the time because because if I want to I mean even in this conversation if I want to 
check in with myself how, how I am doing, how how am I feeling at this moment? I can do, do this it. as we are talking with each oh. other. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I have some doctors also in my practice and I, I I I think it's fascinating that sometimes when I'm in a conversation with a doctor who's like a physical doctor and I ask at that moment what was happening in your body and and mm-hmm. and, and they're like what does my body have to do with it? Oh, your body is the, the truth teller. Your mind will lie to you all day long, but not your body. <laughs> That's my experience, at least. Yeah, and it's that. but it's the easiest way to connect to yourself, to really Holy. feel what is happening in my body at this moment. Oh, I completely agree. I tend to hold a lot in my jaw and um, in my shoulders, and then sometimes also in my stomach, right? That's Those are my, like, three areas that I, I cannot go, oh. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and you know my body sometimes tells me quicker what my emotion is than I can even think about it I can't I I don't even realize for example I'm nervous about something until I feel actually my stomach that I think oh I, I didn't realize I was nervous I wasn't thinking about it yet so my body gives the signals even before I can it, I can think that something is happening. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's faster. It's, it's so interesting. I had no idea that you were into the somatic intelligence because for me, it's been, I mean, I've studied um, tens of thousands of hours of intellectual methodologies, coaching methodologies, and so on and so forth. But my body is the quickest way for me to move through um, any emotion. It just reminds Absolutely. me like, it's energy in motion. That's what emotions are to me at this point. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, there is this research also that has been done in, uh, it is, part of the results are in my book, in the, in the second book. It, it's a study in Finland where they show which emotions, uh, where they happen in your body. So where the energy flows to when you're angry, for example, or when you're happy or when you're sad, uh, but, but, there are parts in your body where more energy goes to and other parts where less energy goes to. Mm. And and I think it's always fascinating when people say, yeah, you you need to leave your emotions at home or something. If you see this study, then you then you know it's impossible. Your body is is I mean, there's so much going on when you feel these emotions that you you can't ignore them. But- you can't. And if you do, it becomes a disease. And psychoneuroimmunology, the field of science, really validates that, uh, as does yep. a study that sounds like you're speaking about. I'm really interested in hearing that. I know about traditional Chinese medicine, talking about you know certain emotions in the kidney or the liver, but this sounds a little more comprehensive. Well, I don't know that anything's more comprehensive than Chinese medicine, but I'm really curious <laughs> about the study. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in this. I, 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 like you, I feel like it's a faster way to, to go. And and to go and to get to the root of things. I'm always interested in the root because if we can resolve the root, then everything else, um, everything else aligns and comes into you into harmony. I find I have clients, including myself, not just my clients, but, but who, who are really not kind to themselves that they have, we have this inner dialogue that is quite harsh. We actually wouldn't speak that way to most people. Um, yet we talk this way to ourselves. Have you uh, come across that in your work as well in terms of talking about the psychological safety? Um, Absolutely. And, you know, the the way to create psychological safety um, starts with self-compassion. When, whenever our basic psychological needs are being threatened, it's um, in order to... to um, Empathy is one of the basic uh, elements of psychological safety. But in order to feel empathy, 
You need self-compassion. You need to first take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Whenever you feel uh, frustrated or, or stressed or angry or for whatever reason you feel upset, being kind to yourself is really the doorway to then also feel for somebody else mm. so it's 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 the basic and 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 you know this i, I mean there, there is this link what we're talking about what's happening in your body and being kind to yourself yeah it's it, it's the quickest way also for leaders in companies when you, when you lead people uh in order to lead them well you need to be aware of what's happening when your psychological needs are being threatened what happens in your body at this moment and be kind to yourself and say it's okay that I feel frustrated, and I can say you are you're good enough. And I love that. I find that leaders oftentimes resist this, even though they know intuitively this is the right thing to do, right? Because it's it's kind. But at the same rate, they exceed and succeed and excel based on the context of this isn't good enough. I'm not good enough. It's not good enough. And so without that context and the identification with that context, what friction do they have to move forward with? And it's, I'm, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that, because I, I've noticed that people will, will intellectually agree, they'll work to practice it, and then they don't know how to actually propel themselves forward in a meaningful way, because the, the friction is has changed. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, it, the interesting is, if we did it yesterday, it doesn't mean that it's going to help today. We need to do it every single day in every single occasion. Again, we can't say, okay, I was already kind to myself yesterday, so I don't have to be kind to myself today because I already <laughs> did it. But uh, if, if if for every new situation, we need to do this again. And and uh, yeah, you're right. I I mean, we also live in a world where we where we um, still have this bar of being successful of of uh, being harsh on ourselves is is tough. Is uh, you're a good leader when you are really hard on yourself and you push yourself beyond the 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 normal boundaries. And uh, in the meantime, science has shown many times before that um, you are actually you can be. You can function better. You can be more successful when you are kind to yourself. But there's still some little voice in us that says, no, no, if we push ourselves harder, then we can be more successful. And we can be very successful when we are hard on ourselves, except then the it drains us and we yeah. run out of energy. Totally. And, it's and, exhausting. Yeah. And everyone loses in that equation, a long term. Yeah. I'm really interested in the prevention model, but what are the 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 new what are the things about your work that I love the most? Can you show us the book? I want to see the cover. For those of you who can't uh, see right now, she's grabbing this her book, her most recent book called "Lead Your Team Toward a Better World." And so I love how you're talking not only about leadership, but you're talking about the ripple effect of leadership because leadership yeah. inside of organizations touches many many people's lives, right? The hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, ultimately. So. Um, I mean, I'm really interested in purpose, right? My company is called Purposeful Ventures. Um, every conversation has to, you know, be about purpose and meaning, you know, in my life, right? So um, I just, I really, really resonate with the intention um, around your book. Where can people find your book, um, read it, buy it, and, inter and interact with you? Um, well, the book you can find on Amazon.com is uh, you can order it there. 
and uh, um, you can find me also on LinkedIn and I have several, I have also a video channel on YouTube. So you can find videos there also on psychological safety on also on the self-support system. How do you support yourself in order to be there for others? So um, yeah, be feel free to look it up. Yeah, we'll be we'll include those links uh, in the show notes. And um, what is like your URL though, just for those those people who would be driving right now or who are listening on the subway and can't really pull out their phones. Ah, and and that's in Dutch, so I think that's going to be difficult if you can try to <laughs> to pull it up. But uh, you can find me, Lisa Outers, on the on LinkedIn, and you can find my company name's OMG. So that's quite easy to remember, I think. Right? It's, that's uh, what I wanted to say. It. It's so cute. <laughs> OMG. <laughs> it's actually abbreviation for a Dutch uh, um, uh, sentence saying op maat gemaakt, which means tailor-made. But uh, yeah, it's uh, people often say, yeah, I thought of you because I saw, I heard somewhere OMG. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So for those of you who can't see her, she has a very beautiful, beautiful, bright smile. And you can uh, tell thank that you. she has vitality. And uh, in this case, your vitality, I'm sure, is cultivated from the inside out based on the things that we're talking about. She's also a mother, a wife, um, and an entrepreneur. And how do you cultivate your vitality? Please. What is it that, what are your practices? I start my every morning with uh, meditation. And uh, at the end of my meditation, I have a prayer that I have written myself that with the words that I need to hear for myself mm-hmm. and with words that I want to bring in the world. So I always finish my meditation with may all people in the world feel safe and may all people in the world feel they are good enough as they are. And may all people in the world feel that they are loved. Mm. So this is how I start every morning. And uh, I uh, then I have a small yoga session just to also waken up my body. And uh, and throughout the day, I try to make sure that I get breaks in between, that I go in nature. I, I love nature, just walking uh, between trees and, and fields. And I live in the north of the Netherlands. It's beautiful here. Uh, I live uh, only six kilometers from the North Sea. So very beautiful nature here. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. And I have to say, I mean, life is not always easy. I mean, there are days, if also with my practice, that I have difficult days. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that it's not about making sure that you never have those days anymore. It's about supporting yourself and being kind to yourself. And uh, so you go through those days also with love and kindness. It's mm, such a great message. I really felt your prayer. It, I, it like has a ripple effect, you know, going through me because it's so, it's so powerful, especially in this time uh, with our children in the schools and especially in the United States with guns and, um, there's never been a time that I can think of that, that our generation has felt so unsafe, whether it be politically, their f- economic future or their physical safety, uh, whether it be from a virus or um, even weapons. So it's really, yep. it's really a Absolutely. time. We don't talk about it enough, uh, but psychological safety is important first and foremost from ourselves to ourselves. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really, really beautiful. Thank you for your work. And thank you for sharing your practice with us. Um, I think and I'm- thank you so much for having me on your show. It was really nice uh, to be invited. 
<laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. I think a lot of women who are listening, a lot of people who are listening uh, are really looking for um, answers to the kinds of anxieties that they're feeling. And in this day and age, we're finding a lot of solutions to anxiety, uh, to breathe, to take medication, um, to do meditation. But I think that your approach of really addressing psychological safety, you know, really head on, you know, like this is that that's really, it's easy to hold on to and it normalizes a kind of condition. I think that we're all in on some level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important that, uh, I mean, there's already many people out there like you and, and, and like many other people who already are there, have, have realized that we need to help each other. We need to connect to ourselves so we can also connect to others. So there, there's a sort of a, a revolution going on already. I'm sure there is. And, and I hope that many more people start feeling more safe with themselves first and uh, and therefore then are able to create this safer world together. Mm. Yeah, I, I hold that vision that we can create a safer world together. Yeah, and this all starts, you know, right here in our hearts, right? In our minds. Absolutely. Oh, Elise, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that everybody listening will check out her book on Amazon. Uh, I can't remember the title in full. Can you can you lead your team toward a better world? <laughs> thank you, Lee. If everyone could lead their teams towards a better world, what a better world uh, our world would be. So uh, I stand behind that a thousand percent. Um, well, thank you so much again and, and be well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. I mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.